Welcome to the AWS Rethink Podcast, here to help you rethink your strategy in the cloud. I'm your host, Nolan Chen. And I'm your host, Malini Chatterjee. Today, we welcome our guest, James Devine, to talk about wide area networking in the cloud. He is a principal solutions architect at AWS, but also a top-notch cloud networking specialist and the co-author of the book on Advanced Networking Study Guide in AWS. Welcome, James. Yes, welcome, welcome, James. As someone who read your book a few years ago and successfully passed the networking certification exam, I'm really excited to have you today. Um, you've had a, quite a illustrious career so far. Before we get started, can you tell us what you're doing these days at AWS and possibly what you've been working on since I read your book a few years ago? Awesome. So I, it's always great to hear that people read the content we put out. Um, you know, it, it's a lot of work to to put those artifacts together. It, it's it's aging at the the speed of cloud, but that that was that was a fun first project to start on. Uh, I kind of have a career in in on prem and networking and storage and kind of all everything and anything in a data center, right up to power and cooling, was kind of my my starting off. And then that was before cloud even became a thing. And then once cloud became a thing, that was kind of the next shiny pebble to pick up and get get interested in and learn. So kind of ran with that. And also networking and has always been kind of a passion and a, an area where I've always pushed myself to learn more and, and something I really enjoy. Uh, but I've been at Amazon for, for five and a half years total. I did take a, a gap year, um, a hall pass, if you will, and, and worked at running product at a multi-cloud networking startup. So it was good to see kind of the other side of the fence, but happy to be back at Amazon and love talking about networking in the cloud. Awesome. Let's start with a very simple question, James. What is wide area network? Yeah, I think that's good to kind of level set the, the conversation. So it's simply put, it's just the internet technically is a wide area network. It is the widest of them all. Uh, the, the alternate would be a LAN, a local area network, which is uh, a smaller, it might be your house, uh, a single building, uh, a, a whole campus network, that would be what you would consider uh, more of a land, a local area network. And that connects into a wide area network. And the wide area network is what everyone can talk to everyone, like kind of on the internet. And, and sometimes, you know, often in business enterprises, uh, right down to medium customers and small customers as well, will build, will build their own wide area networks virtually over, over the internet. Thanks, James. So you mentioned you've been in, the ne in networking for quite a number of years, and sounds like you started before cloud became a huge thing. Uh, you, and you also talked about how you got into cloud. Can you tell us how cloud, the cloud, has changed the way people think of WANs or wide area networks? Yeah, so it used to be if you were thinking about a WAN, you were thinking about getting uh, in, the, in the early days of very slow dial-up or ISDN line, or you went up and and maybe you had a lot of money and got like T1s and OC3s. And these were really expensive optical connections that only the largest enterprises had access to. So that was you know, kind of the status quo for, for quite some time. And, and as internet became more ubiquitous, you, you could VPN over the internet. But building out these large wide area networks is, is just costly. Uh, a, a, com a common technology is called MPLS. And it, customers build out their own MPLS networks, but more often they they outsource that to a, a third-party provider, and they just can be slow to move and and expensive. And and a lot of those providers are evolving their their services to to be more 
network as as code and and more focused to, to an API driven architecture. But that's kind of been the game at AWS from from day one. Being a web services company, everything's a web service to us. Um, so I think that has greatly evolved. And I even have a you know I have a server rack in my home and I have a gigabit internet connection. Both are things that I never thought would happen in my lifetime, and and it's happened over you know ten years of getting maybe a 50, 56k modem and going all the way up to a you know a gigabit connection to your home that I could build a, a virtual LAN or WAN over that could connect to the world is it's powerful. Okay, um, you mentioned both MPLS and VPN. So for some of us who are new to both concepts, can you tell us? Can you talk a little bit more about the, the difference? between a company using MPLS versus VPN to connect their wide area network? Yeah, so there's different flavors, but uh, it's essentially packets on a network get tagged by a service provider and they essentially create a virtual wide area network over their existing, over their existing backbone. So it's essentially multi-tenant. And that, that's kind of the, the model that a lot of uh, customers will, will follow because the alternative is, is running your own MPLS network and buying private dark fiber connections uh, that can get expensive quickly. And there's providers out there that do a much better job uh, at that type of thing. Uh, for, for VPN, that's just a virtual private network. So that's just a connection over the internet. And it's secure because you encrypt all your traffic uh, and it works over the internet. So, so that's become pretty ubiquitous for, for connecting small offices and branch offices and ev even right down to, to users sitting at their desk at home. So when would customers choose between MPLS and VPN? Well, I think it all comes down to speed and latency. So with MPLS, you have guaranteed, typically there's guaranteed service level agreements and the provider will, will make guarantees in that require, in that document because it's part of what, what's mission critical for your business. Whereas VPN just runs over the internet. Uh, so the internet, I mean, has become, it's not what it was 10, 20 years ago. It is very resilient. And for many customers, you know, VPN is is a good option um, with our offerings and with many offerings that that'll scale up to 1.25 gigabits a second, which you know, can at enterprise scale become too much. Or or maybe if you're you know scaling up, that that you might see that uh, as as a constraint. But we do uh, support a protocol called ECMP, equal cost multipathing, and that allows you to take multiple of these tunnels and aggregate them, so you have more aggregate bandwidth so we can scale up from, from there. Okay. Now, moving back to the cloud, what role, if any, do both MPLS and VPN have today for a network that includes, that utilizes the cloud? Yeah, well, I don't think MPLS networks are going away uh, anytime soon. I, I frequently talk to customers that, that want to integrate AWS into their MPLS networks. But I think in, increasingly, there's conversations about well, you know, AWS has this huge global backbone that, that literally circles the globe, and we we manage the the uptime, the resiliency, and and kind of every every step of that. So, you know, you can actually connect into the AWS backbone and use that as your as your backbone and build your own WAN connectivity on top of that, which is something new. And and there's some customers that that see that as kind of scary or new, and there's other customers that are like we're ready to to take that move because clouds become the center of gravity. That's where our data is. It makes sense to move our, our network connectivity to that to that part as well. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for explaining the difference between MPLS and VPN and how the cloud networking has evolved. 
Now, can you tell our customers what are those key AWS services that can help them build a one using the cloud? Yeah, so the mo most recently, CloudWin, we launched that a few years ago. And this is essentially our, our product called Transit Gateway allows you to connect VPCs within a region. Mm -hmm. Our, our CloudWin allows you to extend that and it's a, it's a global construct. So there's a cloud network endpoint in, in every region. And then from there, you can connect many VPCs to that, uh, thousands of VPCs. And then we also bring global routing. So a VPC in in Northern Virginia can connect to a VPC in Dublin, can connect to an on-premise location. So it provides that kind of end-to-end -end connectivity at global scale. Um, there's also a, a technology called SiteLink that we released over um, our product called Direct Connect, which is a private fiber connection into AWS, which is low latency, high bandwidth, um, can go from a partner all the way down to, to megabits a second, all the way up to to tens of gigabits a second or hundred gigabit a second, uh, our, our fastest offering. Um, we, we enable a feature on that called SiteLink. So customers can actually connect from their, their on-prem sites that need high bandwidth to something like CloudWAN, and then they can use that to route from site to site. So mm -hmm. typically again, a data center migration or, or as you're, you're moving into cloud, and kind of transferring your connectivity, it's really helpful there to provide that site-to-site -site connectivity. And we do that. It's just a simple check mark, checkbox in the console or an API call to, to enable that. Okay. So it sounds like before cloud, you would use what we talked about earlier, MPLS to do that. But now with cloud, you can use CloudWAN and SiteLink to connect, say, data centers or even large offices together. Yeah, between CloudWAN, SiteLink, and Direct Connect, we have a, a nice suite of offerings to be able to connect your your large area locations and your data centers into AWS and then route oh. between AWS regions, your own data centers, and your own sites. And then we, we can augment that with VPN, virtual private network. You might have a small site with 10, 20 users or a site with hundreds of users or thousands of users where the bandwidth requirements aren't quite high enough or Direct Connect might not be economical. And then uh, you can just get an internet connection. It could even be uh, a commercial internet connection from, from the local ISP. And, and you can use that to build a virtual private network over and connect back to AWS. And then from there, route to everywhere uh, on the that you have endpoints on the AWS network. Okay, cool. I know we, we've already covered a lot, a lot of terms like CloudWAN and MPLS. I want to throw out one other term that I hear a lot lately, and that's SD-WAN. Can you tell us a little bit about what SD-WAN is and how it all fits with, say, CloudWAN and VPN? Yeah, definitely. So, so to your point about, you know, kind of the move from, from MPLS and, and what customers are doing, it, it can be expensive and complex to run an MPLS network. And, and I've talked to customers that have thousands to tens of thousands of locations that they need to connect together. And... You know, that, that doesn't scale with traditional connectivity or, or, or getting private fiber connections, nav navigating leasing and, and regional complexities. So there, there's a whole suite of SD-WAN vendors, software-defined wide area network. And what they do is, is make, they, you know, it's a box that you can put in your data center or virtual appliance, or, or it can be, go to a, a remote office. And from there, it can connect back and build a network for you. So the, the appeal there is I just drop a box or a virtual machine and it builds the network for me. 
which can be pretty powerful for, for that scale when you have tens of thousands of sites that you need to manage and you want the easy button and managing it with a smaller team. And I think the really exciting part there is those SD-WAN appliances and those vendors work directly with AWS. So all of them have integrations to, to our, our native features. So they can take all of those, all that traffic and all of those sites and locations where they have their network endpoints and then connect them to AWS. And we do that with a technology called a Transit Gateway Connect or in the case of CloudWAN, CloudWAN Connect. Um, and we even recently released a feature to make it even easier. So you used to need to use a tunneling protocol called GRE. Now we can speak straight BGP border gateway protocol and exchange routes, uh, tens, tens to thousands of routes between AWS and uh, third-party SD-WAN appliance. Okay, so it sounds like to me, right, maybe in the old days, 10, 15 years ago, when you put a box in an office, uh, you had to have a network administrator run CLI commands to configure it. Does it sound like with SD-WAN, you can drop a box in an office and it gets its configuration from the cloud or some central controller to make it a lot easier to integrate faster? Is that? Yeah, that that's really the, the promise of SD-WAN. And, and there's still vendors out there that, that makes products and, and solutions to, to solve for those type of use cases. Uh, and another thing, so some of them will have a, a control plane where they control their devices through the internet. So as soon as the device is hooked up and plugs into the internet, you can manage everything from, from a web console. Um, in fact, it, this equipment's become pretty inexpensive. I have a router in my, my closet that connects to the cloud and I can administer from anywhere in the world. And it was you know, hundreds of dollars, not like tens of thousands like it would have been you know, previously. Okay. Well, wow, we've covered a lot of great info so far. Uh, I know it sounds like there are a lot of op more options these days for companies deploying a wide area network. What's your advice as the first step for, say, a customer that's, that may not be an expert in networking, but they've got to deploy multiple remote offices? How would they approach, say, using Direct Connect versus VPN versus SD-WAN? What, what would be the first things they need to decide? That's a great question. And, and I always recommend just starting with VPN, even if it's not going to be your end solution, you can set up a VPN and get it connected to your on-prem location literally in minutes. And, and I, that's not even an exaggeration. I've, I've done it before where our VPN endpoints will spin up fairly quickly. You'll get the IP address and the configuration information. And we even give you a template to drop into something like a Cisco or uh, Juniper router and you can or switch and you can just drop that configuration in and then it'll connect. Um, so, so that part's actually pretty powerful. Uh, I, I've done that for demos where I just took that config, dropped it into a virtual router and it, just like magic, it connected. So I, I think that that's always a great place to start. Um, now, if you're going to have low latency, high bandwidth requirements, that's what typically drives customers towards direct connect. Or it might just be that it's a mission critical requirement to have network connectivity that doesn't go down. And in which case, Direct Connect would be a, a guaranteed, you know, there's an SLA around it, whereas there's also an SLA around our VPN service, but we don't control the underlying internet path and the internet service provider. Um, so, so that's definitely a good starting point. And you know, even with our VPN offering, we recently had an, uh, an accelerated option, which uses Global Accelerator, our global network routing uh, capability. So that gets traffic onto the AWS network as quickly as possible. So again, it's a simple checkbox or, or API call when you're when you're deploying that and you can have a an optimized connection into AWS. Um, so, so there's a number of options, 
But I think the really, the really nice thing is, you know, we're all solutions architects. We help customers and we work backwards from their needs. I, I've never recommended something to a customer that I didn't think was the best thing for them to do in their business interests and in their technical interests. So you know, we have an army of, of SAs that are willing and, and love to talk to our customers and help them think through these complex tasks and, and architectures um, and really get at the strategy. And, and those are the conversations personally I enjoy the most where I'm sitting down and talking strategy. Where do you want to be in one, five, 10 years? And how do we make sure that what you're doing now uh, facilitates that? Yeah. Thanks, Jim. You were spot on. We as solutions architects definitely love our job in talking with the customers, strategizing with the customers and being a part, a small part of their journey and see where they go in 10 years, five years or maybe long term goals. With that being said, I did hear you mention a lot how it has evolved, networking has evolved from traditional networks to WAN in the cloud. But monitoring and you know securing the wide area network, how is that different? Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, I think that it's never been, been easier to have a, a set of offerings, especially from AWS, to to encrypt your traffic and get visibility. So we have, uh, of course, everything goes into CloudWatch, our, our central monitoring service, and we're increasingly adding features to, to CloudWAN and, and our other network services to, to give you even more visibility, because it's something our, our customers ask for. And it's going to be something different. In your on-prem world, you might set up a protocol like uh, SNMP and and have, uh, or SCM, SCB, I, I can't remember the exact title. It's been so long since I've had to configure it. But you use this you know, kind of low-level monitoring protocol, uh, which is is prone to, to latency or just packets getting dropped. Um, that or you use like a ping command, which is literally one computer reaching to another one saying, hey, are you alive? A very low-level kind of troubleshooting and, and telemetry information. Whereas in the cloud, we, we, we get a lot more capabilities to integrate. And, and perhaps we're looking at the latency on the link or the throughput on the link, and we're proactively sending an alert to say, hey, you know, you're at capacity. And, and these are all things that uh, anyone with access to the AWS console can set up and configure. It's, it's definitely a, an evolving skill set that's very different, but the capabilities are there to build uh, more robust, resilient, and enterprise-ready uh, networks. Is it fair to say that another big difference is like in the old days, if you wanted a new monitoring or securing feature, you'd have to literally buy a hardware appliance and then drop it and install it in the rack. Whereas today, is it more just clicking on the console, dialing knobs and switches on the console? Yeah, definitely. And and I've done plenty of, of evaluation of networking equipment where it would take weeks to months for vendors to drop physical hardware into the data center. Then I need to cable it and update it and make sure that we were working during a maintenance window and, and run a test plan. I mean, it could take three to six months um, or some 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 evaluations up to a year or more to look at the networking equipment, get it in your your physical space, integrate it, and see how it works. And it's always a bummer if it doesn't, because you you invested all this time and effort. Uh, but fortunately, you hedge your bets by having multiple vendors in and, and kind of having them compete. But with cloud, this is all things that you could do from your desktop with with a simple script like uh, CloudFormation or Terraform script that you just run, and it builds this all out for you, like literally setting up firewalls and a secure path into your your network and using native services. Um, so I think that is has greatly evolved. Um, I, I I don't envy the days that I 
early on in the career where I was like watching a Palo Alto firewall and hoping someone didn't get in or hoping there wasn't a zero day that I had to go and patch where a lot of that becomes much more seamless in the cloud. Okay. You mentioned a lot of some native services. Can customers, they want to also use third-party solutions to do monitoring and security in the cloud? Yeah, I, I think that that's another really powerful thing. You can set up and launch uh, a firewall from your favorite vendor and and odds are pretty good that it, it it's supported in the AWS marketplace. You can just go and launch it. So you don't need to, to go and talk to vendors. You can actually go and try it yourself without talking to a salesperson. Um, salespeople might not like that on, on the on the vendor side, but that, that is really powerful. And a lot of them have free trials. So you can go and try it out for yourself. You know, the proof is in the pudding to, to see where those services are. And we have a, a very healthy ecosystem and work closely with our partners to provide capabilities. So if there's a capability we don't provide today and there's a partner that, that can provide that capability, uh, we support it and help customers integrate it and use it. Okay, well, well, that's good to know that you're not locked into, obviously, AWS is a big platform, but you're not locked into just their native services for monitoring and security. Okay. Yeah, and, and you know, in many of these cases, like, you know, uh, the, the firewall vendors have been in this game for for 20 plus years and they, they've gotten pretty good at that. So so a lot of customers do start with their their favorite firewall vendor and, and just put that into the cloud. Um, and that's that's a perfectly good way to start. You don't need to retool or reskill your people. They can use what they're they're trained on and know and love um, and then upskill them to, to AWS um, in, in the process. Yeah, being able to fully utilize the skills you have is very important. Well, that's, that's all the time we have today. Um, I'd like to thank you, James. I think you've definitely helped our customers today rethink their wide area networking strategy in the cloud. We also want to thank our listeners for joining us today. Please send us your feedback by emailing us at rethinkpodcast at amazon.com. Thank you. Until next time.